Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus the Twins. That's, that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Johnny Nani, and we are here to recap the White Sox loss to the Angels 5-3. to But before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet, at Socks on Tap. Following Nani at Nani Johnny, and following me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. Also, if you want awesome White Sox merch, check out Grandstand. You can follow them on socials at Grandstand Socks. Check them out, man. They're absolutely fantastic. Get all your socks gear there. Nani, this wasn't good, okay? I, but, I mean, the title that went out, I mean, we were talking about it, and you know, hopefully we're having some jokes, like some gay jokes uh, we could just like throw in there. But no, just the end result is bad, okay? It's bad, okay? It's not good. It's bad, okay? Oh, man, I that sucked. That was like a heartbreaker, you know? I mean, bottom of the eighth, and they make their comeback. We're one through the, the game and everything, but I guess like the theme of this is just like the defensive lapse lapses and multiple that we had tonight cost the White Sox this game. And it's absolutely unreal that these little issues, I mean, they'll clean it up. You know, it's early. Obviously we're only three games in, but shit like that just can't happen, man. Yeah. And you know, like that's the thing, like you could easily pile on the eighth inning because that's where the decisive game winning, you know, runs scored. So that's easy to just like go jump to, but you go and look back at the ball that Robert hit off his head, you know, like that, that kind of shit. Like, how's that happening? Especially for an elite, you know, defensive center field, because he's, you know, he makes really hard plays look routine at times. And then that one should be fairly routine. I know it's kind of in the middle of guys, but still, then it's like, I mean, not catching that. He like shielded himself with his glove. So it's just frustrating. Buzz. I'm just frustrated right now. Yeah, I'm frustrated too, and I, I just don't really understand why he came up so far and called off Tim Anderson like that. I mean, T.A. was right there. I, I get the kind of, you know, the, the placement of it because the guy coming in has a little bit better read than the guy going back. So I do get that, like, from the read standpoint. But if he wasn't totally sure of it, then maybe not make the call, you know? Right, man. I mean, it's just, like I said, these the defensive lapses, mental errors that kind of – played a big part in this game, kind of spoiled Lance Lynn's uh, Chicago White Sox debut, Johnny. I mean, he didn't pitch a bad game at all, you know? Yeah, he, he, I mean, the, the two runs that he gave up were unearned, Buzz. Right, yeah, exactly. And and that's a hard thing. I mean, did you see the death stare? I mean, I, I could be completely oh, yeah. I could be completely wrong no, on this, that, but it looked like he looked I, at so Lubob and was not happy. I, I was manning the Sox on Tap Twitter account tonight, and I after I saw that, I saw, you know, it was the strikeout to end the inning, and I saw the turnaround from Lance Lynn there, and it was directed straight towards center field. Um, so I put that out, and I said, was that a dust stare towards Luis Robert? And multiple sauces confirmed. 
multiple sauces confirmed. <laughs> oh, at least we can laugh. Okay. Well, I, the game starts off, Nani. I, you know, I, uh, I stole your your style from how you always do the post games, and I got my my notes up here. Yeah. And um, you know, so the game starts off top of the first. Tim Anderson, he he strikes out. Adam Eaton singles the center. And then Abreu grounds into a double play. So that is what started the game for the White Sox. So, again, a slow start offensively. Yeah, I, the I mean. Top the order there. Yeah, and, and, you know, you'd like to see, like, some of these, like, kind of, like, get going early, like, the uh, old, like, Timmy, like, catalyst. Like, the, okay, like, you know, like, even, like, first pitch of the game, like, he's going to do, like, some damage and put a double in the gap or, you know, maybe a home run every once in a while. Uh, you'd like to see that at some point. And then even, like, Pito getting up there because this wasn't the only time, like, Pito looked a little bit, you know, uh, not ragging him because obviously he had a huge grand slam last night and he's, you know, uh, reigning MVP. So you can't like dig into him, but it's like, you know, even from the get go, you'd like to like set the tone. I think that's, that's kind of what we're driving at here. Right. And it just through the first two innings for the Sox, man. I mean, cause Mankata grounds out Collins lines out and then you get Yerman Mercedes up who, I mean, who had a fucking phenomenal game. If there's any yeah. takeaway, that dude is just the real deal. Holy field right now for sure. But he home runs the left field. And then we get a, a Luis Robert, you know, strikeout there. So the Sox are up one to nothing in the top of the second going into the bottom of the second. And, uh, you know, it's just, they had so many opportunities tonight too, Nani. And I just feel like they didn't capitalize uh, on the basement, leaving runners on base again. I think it was, you know, a little bit, you know, obviously they had like a couple like innings where they generated uh, some offense and then it just like stalled. I think that's my biggest theme here tonight because we'll get to the instances in the few like later innings after this, but just touching back on your Mercedes. Hey, eight for eight to start, you know, the season here. I know he's technically not his career because he had the one at bat last year. So that kind of throws things off a little bit, but either way, eight to eight to start the season. I mean, that's historic right there. And it looked like the Yerminator just couldn't be stopped, man. And it, you know, it's a, just a great story when you talk about how long it took him to get to the show and actually, you know, get or earn a lineup spot. Um, it, so I, I sucks that the loss kind of sours that, but I don't think that storyline should be overlooked buzz. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not, dude. He was, he looked fucking fantastic. I mean, his eye for, I mean, even on the fly out that he had, you know, he had a good at bat there, you know, he popped out to center field, but everything, even before that, I mean, he just, he's putting the bat on the ball. It just seems like he's seeing so clearly, you know, and it, it, it's a cool thing to see a hitter do that, you know, and especially him being a guy fighting for a job in spring, trying to make the roster. And then he comes up and makes like, I mean, history. It was a, like, what was it? It was like the first player since 1900 to start his career I, eight for eight. So I, I thought it was since 1900, but I believe it was, you know, modern era. So okay. that, that like the first, the only player in the modern era to do that. So I think they consider that, you know, 1900 and forward. So that's where okay. that figure comes in. But still, I mean, either either way, Buzz, no matter where you want to chalk it up and the technicalities of it, historical nonetheless. Yeah, man. I just, I was so, I'm just so impressed by watching him. I, I really am. I, I just think that, I think that he's going to make a name for himself if he can keep it up. And obviously, you know, he's not, it's not able to be sustained. I don't think what he's obviously doing right now, but you know, he could bet if he can keep putting the bat on the ball like that, putting the ball in play, then using his power to fucking launch it out of the park. He's got a spot and, and it's his spot to lose at this point. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that was one thing that I like mentioned. It's like nothing's cheap with him, and, and that's not taking away from guys who just you know like you know do what they need to do to get on base and hit singles and whatnot. But every time it's he's, he's like really driving the ball, and obviously you saw it in the double last night, saw it in the home run tonight, even some of the singles that he hit. You know, even if it's up on the ground, up back up the middle, it's no chance to, for a second baseman or a diving shortstop to even make a play. So uh, that's really encouraging to see that contact because you didn't sign a DH, and you know you're thinking, oh Andrew Vaughn, that was the big kind of story. Like, oh, is he going to be the one to step up and do this and your Mercedes comes out of nowhere. So that is a pleasant surprise in and of itself. And I just, I'm glad we're talking about it buzz because you know, it could be easy to just get down and go straight to the bad shit here, which we will unfortunately have to get to, but uh, it should, it shouldn't be uh, overlooked. So I'm glad we were able to cover it here. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I guess if we want to start kind of getting into bad shit, what did you want to start with? Uh, you know, oh, man. left, uh, you know, going two for eight with runners in scoring position, I, left I, on base, nine total I, left on base. I think we can start with the defense buzz because that that's first and foremost. I know we talked about it a little bit in the intro, jumping ahead of ourselves, but that, uh, you know, you know, that situation with Robert in center field, that, that that's costly, man. Uh, like I mentioned, Lance wins two runs uh, coming unearned uh, in this one. And that was, you know, the bottom of the third. So right after the White Sox had taken the lead too. Um, and it was a weird like sequence too, because then after not only did the ball hit off of Robert's head, which is, you know, well, gotten just a mistake on his part, but then Eaton throws it and maybe not totally his fault, but maybe he could have elevated a little bit more ball hits off the pitching rubber and goes past. So then that, you know, advances another runner and makes it easier for the angels to score next. So it's like, <laughs> They gave him. They gave him an error for that, Nani. That's uh, yep. his second yep. error on the year, Johnny. Yeah, I know the one was blatant last night. Obviously, down the line that he just didn't catch. But then, yeah, tonight, I you know, still probably you know ruled an error, but just weird kind of like if that just hits the mound, and maybe it pops up a little bit, but Collins is probably still able to get in front of it and keep the runner in his sight line instead of having to go and chase it. You know. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you on that. And then there was another defensive, you know, mishap with Tim Anderson. Uh, you know, left field there. He's trying, it's going towards, you know, uh, f- the foul territory and he runs over there to go catch it. And y- you have a, who else was over there with him? It was, a, it wasn't Hamilton yet. I think it was Vaughn who was still in left field at the time. Yes. And um, TA just misses it, man. And I'm yeah. just like, fuck, you know, like, uh, that, and that's just another circumstance where you put your pitcher in shit, dude. Like, yeah, that buzz that, that was kind of a tough like situation because TA was playing a little bit more up the middle, so that's a long way to go to go and get that one. But um, you know, maybe if Moncada had you know, it's hard to do this when you're running backwards and still trying right. to look over your shoulder and track a ball like that. It is hard, but maybe if Moncada got a better break on it and it sprinted back and done, you know, kind of like the DB drop step where you like open the hips and like fly uh with your shoulder and lead there and then locate the ball, maybe he would have had a chance at it. And I think that probably would have been your better chance than T.A. coming, you know, covering however many more feet that was, uh, where, where his position was in the middle of the field there. Yeah, I just – a couple instances that just kind of got on my nerves tonight, man, and that that was two of them, obviously, with, you know, Luis Robert doing his best Jose Consenco impression and then <laughs> – Yeah, it was. And then, yeah. you know, T.A. missing that ball or someone not getting to that ball just kind of drove me fucking crazy because you know the Sox had a chance tonight man and we have five like mm-hmm. i think we have five errors in three games yeah and, oh, and shit, i mean someone just put that on there as soon as i said that you see that oh yeah <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic oh, yeah you showed it yeah the the five errors three games yeah that's that, that bad okay the well, theme not, of the show is good. bad and you know another thing too nani um what was that in the bottom of the eighth when they had come back to take the lead 
the ball that got ripped down the line, uh, the first base line, and Eaton just kind of like stopped Dude, running for it. Uh, he, I was hollering on the Zoom with, uh, you know, we, we do a Zoom call every weekend. Yeah. It's like, you know, Luke Taylor, Jordan Miller, Alex Root, all those guys. And, and like, it gets ripped down the line and then he stops running. And I have, like, I'm directly plugged in with Comcast. So, like, I'm way ahead of them. I'm fucking screaming at my mm-hmm. television, like, what are you doing, dog? Like, grab the fucking so- ball. So the right field corner down there, whatever it is, it's giving Adam Eaton problems because I believe it was on opening night. He had another one too, where it took him like a while to track it, like through that kind of like rounded corner. You know, it's like kind yeah, of like rounded, rounded it, like right by the pole, like after it comes, you know, toward back towards center field there, it, it just like rounds a little bit and whatever it is, he's like, maybe he's timid and doesn't want it to like take a weird hop and bounce past him. But either way, he's not getting the ball quick enough to get it in. And, you know, possibly prevent a runner advancing or a run coming through it's just again another another blunder man something that just irritated me in this game um yeah. you know now we just ragged on some on some bad shit why don't we talk about a little bit of good shit garrett crochet Dude, yes. So, I mean, make it nasty, Garrett Crochet. I mean, this is like, you know, last year's stuff, what we were used to seeing from him. Uh, he comes in, uh, relieves Lance Lynn in the uh, excuse me, the bottom of the fifth uh, with runners at first and second, two outs there. Uh, nasty K, he's able to get out of it even after a, a wild pitch or pass ball, whatever it was ruled, uh, advanced the runners from first and second to second and third. So he was able to get out of that. And then total, in total tonight, was two and a third, no hits, no runs, no earned runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. And a couple of them were nasty. I mean, you see the one where the guy like literally had to like throw his bat. No, Tony looked dumb on his too. But the one his the, helmet went over his yeah. fucking face. Too. Yes, it did. Yeah. So it's like he didn't even have a chance. Like, you know, they just know it there. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that was a positive, I will say for sure. Nice to see Garrett Crochet in that. And that's like your high leverage guy. And it's not just like a one inning, not just like, okay, we absolutely need these three outs here that you need to get. It's no, it's like I can come in and do multiple. You know, you pitch over the span of three innings technically there then. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and while we're on the pitching thing, so we didn't really do him too much justice because we're, you know, hopping around just talking about things that happened in the game and, and things of significance. But what was your take on Lance Lynn? I know how excited you were about mm-hmm. it today. We had talked, we were talking about it in the Twitter DM. You know, what was your opinion on him tonight, man? I mean, I thought that he looked pretty good. You know, I, I think that he might have got a little shook because, you know, obviously the defense kind of behind him had a little bit of a rough time there, but he goes four and two thirds, lets up six hits. Um, two runs like you had pointed out earlier none of them were earned uh he walks two and he strikes out six so i i mean when you talk about just like straight up like can this guy be effective i mean first of all we know that he's an innings eater and he's you know a guy that you expect to go and uh you know make all the starts throughout the season and like I said, eat up a bunch of innings um, from that aspect. It kind of was, you know, could be attributed to early season kind of uh, stuff. And then just circumstantial factors that, you know, get the pitch count up uh, near 30 in the first inning there. So that doesn't, you know, set him up for success necessarily or staying in as long as he would like, obviously, because, you know, in spring training games, he was getting mad about being pulled after like three when they were still building them up. So, uh, but overall though, when you're talking about like specific instances, I mean, the, the strikeout of trout, that was just nasty. Yes. That, that was like, uh, here it is. Try to hit it. And you can't because he, you know, had him scouted out that you go up and in on him. He 
he's not getting around on it. And he's pumping that 95 with a great spin right there. Good luck. Even the best player in the game can't hit him. So that's very encouraging buzz. Obviously, both runs unearned, so you can't rag on him too much there. Um, but I guess, yeah, you, you, can, you can make it, you know, for the first inning to get getting the pitch count up a little bit. And, you know, a couple calls, too, that maybe the low pitch wasn't getting called for him tonight. So th- that's something that he'd probably like. And I'm sure, like, he gave Robert the death stare after the drop fly ball. Uh, he probably gave the umpire a few death stares as well. <laughs> Rightfully so, you know, right, rightfully so tonight. I was, dude, I was really happy with him. And I think that going forward with him, you know, Keichel, who I know had kind of a rough game last night to a certain extent there um, towards, towards the end of his, uh, of his uh, run, but I'm very comfortable with these three. And I, it was really refreshing to watch Lance Lynn and know that this guy is in a rotation. That was just my takeaway from it. He, he looks good. He, he can paint the corners, man. He can go right at you. And it, it's really refreshing to see a starting pitcher like that in our lineup. I would agree. I mean, because, you know, you just think about last year, it was just a one, two, essentially. And then you were kind of scratching at what you could get for that third spot. Obviously, it didn't even go to uh, Dylan Cease in the wild card series when you went to the ultimate time of when you're going to go to a number three there, a decisive game three excuse me, you had to go to Dane Dunning. And obviously, we know how that whole thing played out. But having that three um, very solid veteran, excuse me, I mean, the two are veterans. Giolito is still pretty young, but either way, Giolito's worked himself into an ace, you know, status. And then right. uh, Keiko's a veteran. He's been around. Lancelin is a veteran. He's been around. So it does make you at least feel confident for the rest of the season that, you know, these three at the top, when you're starting a series, say a team gets those, those guys one, two, three, and say you're playing the Twins and you're starting them one, two, three, I feel confident going up against whoever they put up, even if it is the top of their rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing I do want to point out too, while we're talking about this game is that, you know, I see a lot of people mad online, you know, and that's going to happen. Um, no doubt about it. But, like, the Angels have a pretty good lineup, dude. You know, I mean, they're not a bad mm-hmm. team. I don't think they're a bad team at all. I mean, that fucking – that two, three, and four, <laughs> Otani, Trout, and Rendon, is fucking deadly. You know, yeah, like the, – They're the good really hitters. Good yeah, they're really they good are. hitters, yeah. It's a tough team, you know, and – Obviously, this one was blown because of our own stupidity tonight, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to like hang my head if it was, you know, if it was like we were playing like fucking Pittsburgh or something. You know what I'm saying? Like going back to last year, how Pittsburgh was yeah. so terrible. You know, like th- this is a good team and unfortunately it just didn't go our way. Yeah. So I just kind of piggybacking off of a point there, Buzz, um, when you're talking about, um, you know, that kind of setup, it's like for a t- playing a team against the Angels, you just want to get out ahead of them and keep piling on when you have your opportunity. So sure, there were some good opportunistic things like, uh, you know, Luis Robert, after he made that error in center field, he comes back and he, you know, that was a good response for him. So you do like to see that. So I do want to point that out and say that, you know, he drove in that run then there, but then it stalls after that. When you're there with one out um, after the Luis Robert single to tie it in the fourth, Andrew Vaughn strikes out and Larry Garcia grounds out. So you're going out quietly. You're not even giving them like a little bit of like a push there. And then another unopportunistic thing was in the sixth. Same thing. Uh, when you have the Mercedes double, take the lead there. Uh, Robert pops out. Vaughn strikes out again. And Lurie grounds out again. So, um, you know, my boy, I'll call him out when he needs to be. It's just weak contact. It seems like an easy out uh, at this point, which is, you know, unfortunate. But that, that's just the reality of it. And it's not having i mean it's weird to like say from like a lineup standpoint and baseball so volatile that anything can really happen but it's kind of like having a killer mentality and feeling momentum like okay we got some juice boys let's keep it rolling you know don't stop now boys i guess that's the best 
like encapsulation of it in a hawkism there, but it really is. And that it just, it did stop and it came to a dead halt when both those rallies were getting going. Cause we saw what could happen last night when you, when you really feel in it um, in that ninth inning, when they really started piling on the insurance run. So I would have liked to see more of that tonight. So unopportunistic at the plate, sloppy in the field. Um, and then obviously we haven't even gotten to the Evan Marshall stuff. So I don't know if you want to open that one up, Buzz. Yeah. Well, Evan Marshall came in and, and, you know, he comes in, dude, he strikes out like trout, you know, I mean, he, he didn't, God, he didn't play bad. Like at first, you know, and then all of a sudden he just, he gets in fucking trouble, you know, and he lets up the single to Rendon. That's when it started. Correct. So I have it in my yes. notes here. Yeah. Yep. He lets up the single to Rendon and then, uh, what was it? Walsh came up. Yeah. Walsh hits the, the RBI triple. triple. And then it's uh, Upton, and Upton just smacked. I mean, fucking, mm-hmm. dude, bat to ball. The thing was destroyed, Johnny. I knew it as soon as it left the bat. I'm like, oh, yeah. Fuck. I, th- I think you could have just heard it. You-, you probably didn't even need to see it, and you could just heard it and n- know that it was going to be out of the ballpark. And I hate the fact that he's going to take so much shit because, like, I love Evan Marshall. I think he's got good stuff. Um, But he just... You know, he pitched last night. He like granted it was only seven pitches, Johnny, but I was really surprised there. And I'm not, I'm not going to do this whole thing where I'm like, oh my god, the Hall of Fame baseball manager. Why didn't you put Aaron Bummer in who hasn't pitched since Thursday? You know, but I was just kind of confused by that a little bit. And uh, but I mean, again, Evan Marshall was the guy to go in, and Evan Marshall's the guy that got fucking rocked to end up losing the game there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. it, on that point, Buzz, I think we talked about it just before we started uh, and opened up this broadcast live. Um, it was that maybe the handedness comes into play there because you got Trout there first, um, and then right. you got you know um, the, the following. It kind of switches up. You got Walsh in there. Um, you know, obviously Rendon was right after that, but then you know you got Walsh w- within there, and unfortunately he did some damage against them. But may- maybe it was a handedness uh, matchup there um, for. Uh, Tony Lewis said that he was thinking about. Um, I, I agree with you when you were just going for just literal top options, handedness or not. I mean, Aaron Bummer's like wipeout. He's like deadly. It's a nasty, you know, breaking pitch that can just strike people out. So you're not even like dealing with the ball in play. So uh, unfortunately, Arvin Marshall uh, gets those fastballs in and they were able to get around on him. So uh, it's not, you know, you go from a guy like Garrett Crochet who's pumping it and you can't really get around on it too much. Um, or, you know, if you do really commit to that, then you're going to look foolish on the slider. And then you come back to a more normal fastball, I would say, with Evan Marshall. Um, and maybe that kind of, you know, back and forth of that seeing first crochet and then Marshall right after that uh, makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And obviously the Angels were able to do damage against it. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely were. And then, you know, you go into the to the top of the ninth there and there's just no there's no answers. Lurie has, I mean, just a, a bad, a bad strikeout. I actually had a, I put a tweet out earlier, man. I put fucking Garcia uh, is greater than Madrigal. And I was waiting for them, you know, the, yeah. and the only reason I put that is because people were hating on Lurie when he was in the lineup. Like, where the fuck is Nick Madrigal at? I'm like, don't like Lurie's not a bad player, dude. Swiss army knife. Like, you know, I, I like Lurie. Yeah. You know, it- Sorry, I didn't cut you no, he is probably best served in a bench role. I mean, I think that's yeah. ideal where you want, and that's why you want that Swiss Army knife to have to plug in place where you need right. to there. Um, but the, and that's the other thing that we're learning here too. Tony Larusa likes his switch hitters, and Larry Garcia is a switch hitter. 
So that could be a reason why, you know, you're, you're going with that option there. Um, and then obviously Madrigal's had some, you know, with the uh, opening day stuff, you know, there, there's been a little bit of heat around there too. So maybe like kind of a mental break for, for a young kid there. Um, even though it's early in the season, I mean, you can really start to feel that pressure. And I don't think that's good for him because I think he's already overexerting himself as you saw on opening day. And then um, maybe, you know, that, that would have even culminate, culminated even more tonight. So um uh, that's just the, the way they went with it, though. And unfortunately, Lurie was extremely ineffective at the plate. So imagine you'll see him out of the lineup tomorrow night. Yeah, he won't be in the lineup tomorrow night. Madrigal will be back in. And like I said, I understand Madrigal's had, you know, like not a ton of fucking plate appearances and, you know, like 40 games or some shit, 41, you know, whatever it is. Like no one's given up on Madrigal, but just saying the fact that like, oh my God, when Lurie's in, it's, it's fucking terrible. It's like, dude, that's why I, I threw out that tweet because I was just like, come on, man. Literally let off for this team at one point, and he was pretty fucking effective as he when he was doing it. And he's been around for a long time. Nani, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he's the fucking most tenured White Sox player. Yeah, he's been around since 2013, Buzz. Crazy right. to I mean, think about, but yeah. Yeah, it's been a fucking minute. It's been a hot minute since he's been here. So, you know, I, it is what it is. You know, Lurie comes in, he, he struggled there. Then Tim Anderson, I believe, grounded out. What was it? Yeah. And then Eaton walked, and then Jose. Yeah, Jose grounded into the uh, fielder's choice to second. Obviously, that ended things. So um, that, that was the way she goes. Uh, that, that was the end of the ball game. Um, you know, it, Buzz, I would have liked to see a little bit more pushback there uh, in the ninth, especially considering the Angels' bullpen is nothing outstanding. So I would like to see some of these like late. It feels like it's just been a, as, as soon as I granted it is a big momentum, like, you know, killer when you uh and you're down in the dumps after eighth inning collapses like we saw on opening night and like we saw uh on this game tonight um but i would have liked to see just like a little bit more comeback and it's like yeah even if they don't come back completely see a little more fight advance the runners a little bit more um so hopefully first of all hopefully they're not in that situation when, when they play tomorrow night but if they do find themselves in a situation whether it be in the ninth or earlier in the game um, I'd like to see a little bit more pushback right there, kind of an urgency uh, that we need to get this done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like you said, the stalls that happened when we actually had guys on base and we just weren't able to capitalize. I mean, you got to learn from that and you got to get better from it. And that's all that's all you could do at this point. You need to capitalize when you can capitalize and win winnable games. And the most important takeaway from the game tonight is stop with the fucking defensive lapses, because if you keep doing that, you're not going to win. And, yeah. and that's just period. You, you're not going to win. Yeah, uh, defense is losing them games right now, and that's unfortunate um, because that should be a much more fundamental thing. It would be one thing if you're just in like a rut offensively and you're still like locking it down and maybe losing games like two to nothing, two to one. Um, but no, that, that's not the. It's not like the bats are cold. Obviously, they exploded last night and they had flashes tonight and opportunities to do so, uh, but weren't able to capitalize on them too. So, uh, yeah, defense the name of the game though, Buzz. Like you mentioned, I think that's our biggest takeaway uh, from tonight and this one and. Uh, you know, it sucks, uh, you know, drink it away, uh, but I'm also ready to wash it down and uh, just get set for the Sunday night baseball game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I mean, that's a cool thing to touch on, too, real quick, because I think it's super fucking cool that we're going to be on, you know, ESPN tomorrow. I mean, I, I hate the fact that we're not going to have Benetti and Stone um, on the call because, I, you know, I'm a homer, man. I like them fucking just the the local calls, you know, but. It's cool we'll be on ESPN tomorrow night. Um, the pitching matchup tomorrow night is is pretty cool. Uh, we got Dylan Cease making his season debut. And Otani's pitching tomorrow. And he is slated to pitch tomorrow, man. So uh, 
I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, Otani's a question mark still. I mean, we know that he can have electric stuff, and he shows it in you know small spurts, but unfortunately, uh, it is a grind trying to hit every day, and then on that fifth day, go and pitch. So for him, it's been injuries uh, the past two years that have kind of shut down his season prematurely for throwing-wise. I know he still hit um, after that in last year's one, and obviously in the first season that he was here, 2019, he uh, had to have surgery. Um, so that, that knocked him out completely, uh, not, not even having the bat in the lineup there. But, um, you know, so like I was like looking up, you know, you try to just like get early on in the season, get some last year's figures, and I'm like looking last year, and it's like, oh, well, he pitched just two games and 1.2 innings pitch. I don't even, uh, the ERA was like 30-something just with the way that that like you know played out but uh more accurate one than four and two three three one era over 10 starts in 2020 um the and then like i said just the two games in 2020 but um on the flip side dylan cease uh five and four last year 4.01 era over 12 starts in that truncated 60 game season so um buzz i said it on our season preview show and i've mentioned it to you guys in the chat and i don't think we're getting to like fully unlocking Dylan C's potential. I don't think it'll happen completely this year, but I think he's in for a much more consistent season. So um, I want to see a quality start to get his confidence up first and foremost, and then also help the White Sox win a baseball game. If he pitches anything like he did in his last appearance in spring training, I mean, uh, what 11 strikeouts then, right? You know, I mean, if he, if he can keep that same shit and he can keep it consistent, that's a really good fourth starter, you know, and, and even moving into the Seattle series, which starts on Monday and you have a Rodon coming. Like if he pitches anything like he did in spring training, and I know it's just spring training and please, Steve, don't hurt me. Um, you know, but it's just like, if it's anything like that, you know, we, we have a good pitching staff. We have a legitimate chance to keep it going. It's just, we are going to need more than, you know, 12 to 15 outs from our starting pitchers. So you don't want to tax that bullpen mm-hmm. right off the bat, Nani. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's going to be the name of the game for Dylan Cease, uh, inducing ground balls, too, because if guys do get on base, use the, use those off-speed pitches at your disposal um, that, that you hopefully now, like I said, more consistent, more command. Obviously, that's always been an issue with Dylan Cease, the command. Uh, we know the stuff is nasty uh, when it can be on, but it, it's always just been about location, location, location. So um, he's going to have to do that effectively tomorrow night, especially if he finds himself in uh, any situations with runners on base. So um, I, I hope it's a good, a good start for Dylan Cease but honestly I don't know totally what to expect yet Buzz and that's just kind of the ambiguity uh, of these early season games it's gonna make tomorrow so much fun brother you know what what are we expecting what are we gonna see and you know with the optimism around the pitching staff you know and all that and see how they respond from what happened tonight I, I think tomorrow's gonna be slated for a very exciting game yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of hype about it um, because, you know, the White Sox have lofty expectations coming in. The Angels have a group of flashy hitters, and the pitching's always their question mark. Uh, but Otani can really help bolster that if he is able to stay healthy. Um, obviously, he's going to have to prove that as well, given his injury history, even in his short time in the league so far. Um, so I think you will see some nasty stuff from Otani. Um, White Sox, you got to find a way to work him a little bit, though, because when you talk about a guy that has those injury issues in the past they're not going to let him extend too too much like i'm not saying first sign of trouble he gets pulled but they're not going to make him pitch out of like a you know completely ridiculous jam that would 
add a good 18 pitches to his pitch count. You know what I'm saying? So if you can really work him like that and be patient, be smart, um, it'd be nice to have Yaz back in there uh, tonight. Obviously, excuse me, uh, tomorrow night, obviously he was out tonight. Uh, Colin's starting behind the plate, but he is one that can work the count. Yohan Moncada can do that as well. Um, and then maybe you get some timely hits in there. And I think that's the recipe to getting to Otani and getting him out of the game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know what, man? Just speaking on it, too, when you're bringing up Collins, he tattooed a couple of them tonight, man. He, yeah, he put the bat on the ball real good a couple times. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, it only the one hit uh, for Zach Collins, but it is nice to see that, especially, you know, uh, he gives you hope that what you saw in spring training could be, uh, uh, you know, predictor of what we could see when he does finally get in a groove here. And uh, I'm looking forward to that because when you think about Zach Collins time with the White Sox so far, obviously at bats have been hard to come by for him given the James McCann presence over the past couple of years, but this is his time to shine. So um, I think that, you know, hitting the ball hard. Yes, it's good, but um, you got to see results at the same time too. So if he can start stacking some results, I think first of all, that'll be big for his confidence. And second of all, it will also be big for the team um, because that answers a question mark that you have about the backup catcher there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, moving in to tomorrow, then, Nani, who's your pick to click? Who? Uh, you know, he, he's back in the lineup, uh, I would imagine. Uh, I can't see a situation where he's not playing tomorrow, especially since Collins caught tonight. So I'm going to go with Yaz. Uh, you know, he's one of my favorites. I love him. Um, haven't picked him yet so far this year. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it to run out the series. Yasmani Grandal, how about you? I'm going to go Yoan Mankata. He's got six strikeouts over the last two games. Um, kind of just feels like he's just there, Johnny. Does that make sense? Like, it just doesn't feel like he's outside of opening day. Yeah. The last yeah. Outside games, of opening yeah. day. Right. Just last two games. It just feels like he's kind of there instead of like a staple within the offense. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to take him tomorrow. Hopefully he wakes up and he starts making some shit happen. Yeah, I think that'd be good, too, especially if he has a good game, because then that could kind of be on, you know, in front of a national audience could be the uh, here's what you missed about Yohan Mankata, uh, especially since, la- you know, he had the nice 2019 where it looked like he was starting to emerge and then COVID wiped, you know, out any like high, really, really high level production like we would hope to see from him last year. So uh, th- that could be a chance to kind of springboard himself uh, into a big season buzz. Yeah, absolutely. And then I just, and I'm so sorry to, if anybody's watching us on a live stream right now, I accidentally went to the private chat instead of the comment section of the chat. So uh, we usually do answer questions and stuff, but I missed everything because I was on the wrong thing. So I apologize. We'll be better about that in the future. Um, That's my bad. I I apologize. I had the wrong thing open up there, but um, I will answer, you know, one, one or two questions with Nani here before we, before we take off and ride out into the sunset. Um, just going through this real quick, Johnny. Oh, man. There's actually a couple of good ones in here, really. Well, give me your opinion on this. This is from uh, Quentin, and I'm not going to try the last name because I don't want to insult anybody. Lewandowski. You're good. Look at you. Jesus. Okay. Give me your opinion on this. The White Sox will be great if and only if the defense eliminates errors that cost them unearned runs. I don't know. Just a thought. Dude, yeah. I mean, if you were I, – I missed your question when it popped up. For sure. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Because if the defense isn't good behind you, you kind of get what you saw tonight. And if the offense can't pick you up, it comes out to be an L. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with that sentiment uh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, defense cleans it up. I mean, you're talking about probably a winner tonight, uh, I would imagine. So, I mean, I think that's a very, you know, uh, kind of easy one to like just go and point that like, oh, yeah, just like just clean it up. And there, there are other things that will have to go right as well. I mean, you still got to hit 
because you could defend well all, all the time, but then if you go cold for stretches, which I don't think this lineup is too prone to, um, so to, that kind of answers the question in a nutshell, I think there, um, that, yeah, if they do clean that up, um, and you get the effective uh, bullpen, like because that, that's the thing with like Evan Marshall too, like even like Nails in 2019 came out of nowhere, and then 2020 he was really good as well. So it's like like you said, we hate like piling on him there, but if you get those like performances to like continue stabilizing at levels that they were last year from those supplementary guys, and then obviously you got your big names and Bummer and Hendricks. So um, as long as those stabilize, I think yeah, clean up the defense, and you're you're looking at a you know division contender absolutely and uh could make some noise in the playoffs and hopefully they have it figured out uh sooner rather than later here uh we have another question from david bennett who's uh always on our streams when we do these um he asks, do we move up mercedes and lower mancada i answer right off the bat no leave mercedes where he's at let him keep cooking there it's kind of back when tim anderson what was that 90 2019 when he was com- consistently batting seventh constantly mm-hmm. and he won a batting title everybody wanted him to move up and i was a proponent of that as well but until he had sustained success is when you really want to move somebody forward. Mercedes has been fucking fantastic. No doubts about it, but leave him where he's at. Let him keep cooking. Yeah, I would agree. And it's a kind of a strategic thing from Tony LaRusso as well. Uh, he likes the option. I told you, he likes to switch hitters. He wants to have that in the four hole. So you saw it. Like, that's the thing. Like, if we're talking about performance from uh, opening night, from Thursday night, we're not even entertaining this question, Buzz, uh, even if Mercedes is hitting hot because Moncada would still be hitting hot, too. And you'd be like, oh, he's the more proven option. Like, it's no, you know, no question. Like, you just keep him in there. So, obviously, the last two games haven't been good at all. You got, like, the platinum sombrero last night, which was brutal. But, uh, you know, so I think it's just a yo on adjustment here. And uh, we, we had all predict him, him uh, David, if you didn't listen to our season preview show. We predicted him as team MVP. So, um, I think we're going to ride with Moncada in the four hole for now still. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I'm not ready to give up on him yet um, in, in the four hole. I, I I was actually a big, you know, proponent of having him bat second forever. And I think I've been saying that since we launched Socks mm-hmm. on Tap is that's where I want Mankata to bat. But, you know, I mean, again, his 2019 numbers, you know, obviously 2020, I kind of discount like we talked about on the season preview show because of COVID and how that affected him, um, his health and, and, you know, everything that he was trying to do because it really did hurt him and mm-hmm. mess him up. But uh, leave him where he's at. Mankata is going to be all right. No doubt about it. And then uh, last question that we'll do now, cause we're, you know, running a little late here, but um, it, it was, um, Oh man, it was from DJ. There it is. I got to tell me why they removed crochet from the game. He gave up zero hits and zero walks was only two innings in doing fantastic. Could have had that game if we left them in. Well, yeah, he went two and one third. He only threw 26 pitches and he had three strikeouts. We touched on his appearance earlier in the show. Like Nani brought up before, I mean, you know, he's he's a lefty. Tony went to a righty to face Trout, guy that you know. I, I mean, that's the only thing I can really think of. I, I'm yeah. not really, sh- I'm not really sure. Other other than that, I, I, there was a reason. I want to say it was the handedness that Tony saw in there because that that I think you would go to bummer, Buzz, like you had mentioned earlier. Right. Um, even if Crochet's night was done there, I know the the commenter had mentioned um, leaving Crochet in, and I agree. I mean, he looked good. He was wiping guys out. It's just like nasty stuff. Um, so it's like, yeah, you do want to see it go more. But unfortunately, that's also the game that they're playing with managing really young arms because he, first of all, he was just drafted in 2020 and then came up to the team in 2020. And obviously, uh, long-term, they want to project him as a starter and they probably don't want to blow his arm out um, like that so it's weird to like say that and you know um in a game that you just are trying to win here and he was obviously 
tab to be a bullpen option from the beginning here. Um, but I think it's they're going to limit those kind of uh, appearances. And if they had a, a situation where a starter got bounced early, I think maybe you could see a long relief role for Crochet. But I think they were trying to, uh, you know, pin in place tonight. So unfortunately, the decision didn't work out and Marshall didn't get it done. So uh, that sucks. And it's like, yeah, maybe Crochet could be in there. Um, so uh, I it's tough, but uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, um, and I think, like I said, e- even if they don't, uh, e- excuse me, even if they, you know, still remove crochet, um, you could have had a-, a bummer option there if maybe the hand is is different. But um, maybe that'll be a learning point for you know, especially it's weird to say for a Hall of Fame manager a learning point of there, but maybe you just go to your best option there in Aaron Bummer to wipe out. So I don't know. That's just. Uh, it, I'm not the manager. We're just spitballing here, but um, could be a reason for that. And then also just kind of the um, youth of Garrett Crochet himself and not wanting to overextend him because he did uh, in that wild card series had to exit. Remember with the forearm strain. So um, that, that kind of arm grant luckily didn't require surgery or anything, but those are the kind of scares that you have that think he could be a Tommy John. So um, saving him there from that inning uh, could save a year and a half of absences. It's a very good point. <laughs> You know, they, they want to definitely protect him and not overexert him. And maybe that's maybe that was a reason that he was pulled or, or didn't come back or whatever the case may be. But I, I do uh, tend to agree in, uh, to agree with disc jockey doll there that if we would have left crochet in, much like I think if we would have left crochet in, in the Oakland series and it, we would have won. And it's just a little bit different for a lot of getting up and coming back down because yeah. he had the, uh, maybe if he started. So I think this might be different if he didn't come in for that last third of an inning to relieve Lynn and Lynn was able to get out of that on his own or they'd gone to just someone else for that last one there. Maybe that's when they would go and say that was, you know, crochet just pitched the two, not the two and a third there. Maybe they start him out that inning. So possibilities, but like I said, you, you could probably play this thing out um, uh, and have a bunch of different options. If you're going down like a flow chart of vent happened here and then the residual effects of it. So, right. That's all. That, that's all I got on it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much all I have for the episode. Just letting everybody know tomorrow, seven thirty-seven PM central time, according to the ESPN website is when the first pitch will be thrown 737 so uh yeah man i mean like i said we, we gave our picks to click i'm looking hopefully for a white Sox winner here get them uh two and two go uh you know back to 500 and going into seattle starting on monday you got anything else donnie i mean it'd be just to be great to chase otani early because it's going to be a big showcase game and otani's a big name around baseball and rightfully so i mean he's one of the only guys doing it the hitting and the pitching so at the same time but it you know, you could make a statement yourselves by chasing a guy like that, even with this nasty stuff, by outweighing him, by being smarter, by being patient. And I think that's the biggest thing we want to see, Buzz, is the White Sox play a smarter game. Obviously, in the field is number one there, too. Oh, yeah. I think they can do it at the plate as well. Yeah, I, I really hope to see um, Friday night offense on Sunday. Yes. You know, just, yes. just not stopping. Like you said earlier in the episode, man, like when you have the opportunities, capitalize on the opportunities, score the runs, make them come get you. Step on some throats, Buzz. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, that's all I got, Nani. Yep, that, that's all, man. All right, perfect. Well, everybody, be sure you're going on tapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at ontapsportsnet at socks on tap. Five star rating and review anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to us. Check out Grandstand, Grandstand socks on socials, Grandstand.com. Check them out. Get your socks gear there. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.